Welcome everyone. Good evening. So we're discussing Sri Rupa Goswami's Namastakam, eight prayers, glorifying the holy name, and we're taking a foothold from a brief commentary of Bishop of uh, Baldi Bidibhusam to try to climb the mountain of expanding upon such a exalted topic as. Shrinam, Harinam Prabhu Ki Jai. And tonight we come to verse 6. And um, everything's fine so far. <laughs> we heard the exalted position of the name chanted by liberated souls, non different from, from Krishna himself, despite its lofty position in transcendence such that the crown jewel sounds of the Upanishads are like like jewels shedding light on just the effulgence coming from the toenails of the, of the name. Um, um, despite that, uh, the name descends into the world in syllable form and common people can take advantage of it even without knowing it. We call that namabas, or knowing it, but not um, knowing the implications of joking and using Krishna's name, of assigning Krishna's name to the street that you live on, or to name your son after him, and so forth and so on. These are different types of, of namabas. Hmm. We discussed four of them as described in the Bhagavatam in the story of Ajamil, who named his son uh, Narayan, and the benefits of that are described there. <clears throat> Important section of the Bhagavatam. Once I was asked, a couple times I was asked by my godbrother Ramaswar, who was really pretty much in charge of the Bhaktivedanta Book Trust, where Prabhupada's books were printed, what volumes of the Bhagavatam should we print in mass beyond, you know, they were doing like 50,000 a month, so they're never going to do like 500,000, you know, of a few books. So I selected the first canto, first three books. Prabhupada had three, three volumes, his canto was in three volumes, because he put so much into the first canto with the thought that he might not be able to continue beyond that. And it's very, of course, significant. Uh, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, Full with uh, very many important uh, points, and then I, I chose the sixth canto, uh, which, which I, I was—I don't know how many volumes it was printed originally, but the first volume, in which the story of Ajamil is found and the glories of the name are um, described. It's a—it's um, a powerful uh, section of the Bhagwat, just one of the places where the virtues of Nam Kirtan are mentioned, but in a very extreme way in this case, with emphasis on the efficacy even of, of the, the shadow of the name, the Nama Bas. But it also comes um, following a discussion as to the nature of a comprehensive solution that Preekshit Maharaj was seeking um, to, the, to the problems of life, which include things like what was just described previously in the fifth canto, hellish uh, conditions, the idea being basically um, that, as it's described in the, in, the, in the fifth canto and elsewhere as well, that there's a, a system of punishment and reward that's built into the machine of material nature, so to speak. God's a little bit aloof from that, but he doesn't interfere with the workings of material nature in terms of... Um, the, the justice, if you will, you, you took from nature, and so she wants to um, be repaid, something like that. The principle of karma, good, good and bad, it's all um, binding. So God's a little bit aloof from that. He doesn't interfere. Uh, if he did, Maya Shakti would have no place, no standing. He doesn't get up close with her like he does with his Sarup Shakti. He glances over her. 
from a distance. And um, um, and so there's justice in the world. There's also mercy, and in order for there to be uh, uh, mercy, there needs to be justice, because mercy is an overriding of the justice. And so if we if we want Krishna to be all merciful, we can't have an unjust world at the same time. It doesn't compute. So he's just, and in a, in a distant way, as the part in his Paramatma feature, he he presides over the material nature, um, and he sanctions, so to speak, gives her the power to do what she thinks is is required. But it's, she's making the determinations. Hmm. Paramatma's not really keeping keeping score. He's he's waiting for us to turn inward, hmm. very patiently. Example is given of two birds in the tree. One bird is eating the fruits. The other one is just sitting there witnessing. So, rather passive, but just. Samoham sarvabhuteshu, he says in the Gita, in the, in the voice of the Paramatma, I am equal to everyone. Nāme dveshu stinapri, he says it the opposite way. I don't favor anybody, I don't dislike anybody. Um, but the feature of Bhagavan, as described in the second part of the verse, of Krishna taking the voice of Bhagavan comes out, and he is, um, and Spine Bhagavan Krishna in particular, is, is characterized by being Bhaktivatsali. Of all the qualities of, of Krishna, of which there are many, this is the main quality, Bhaktivatsali, which makes him makes all the other qualities meaningful, so to speak. He's affectionate to his devotees. He's he's um, partial towards his devotees. Now that ordinarily partiality would be a fault, but here it becomes an, an ornament. So in one form he is he's just where need be, and in another form he is partial towards his devotees. Hmm. So those who have come in his direction, and how have they come in his direction? Through the influence of his devotees, who are the very extension of his Kripa Shakti, his, his power for um, giving mercy. So through the agency of the devotees, bhakti is distributed. Wherever bhakti goes, Krishna has to go. So he's not playing favorites, but he is controlled by bhakti. And I think we heard about that last night, right? He's controlled by bhakti, so wherever she goes, he has to go. And then there is this overriding, so to speak, of the mercy. Hmm. or excuse me, of, of the justice. And that's we, the position we find ourselves in, right? Recipients of of grace. A kind of, uh, as I said the other day, the karma is the, is the driving force in the world. There's another force called bhakti, and it's not under the influence of cause and effect. And so coming in touch with it is, is sometimes described as being lucky. Bhagya. Hmm. Uh, what is the verse? Um Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagyavan Jeev Guru Krishna Prashade Pai Bhakti Lata Bija comes in the form of the Guru giving the seed of Bhakti and so um, uh, we become lucky we become it's causeless it's not within it's something that's not it's happening in the world but it's not of the fiber of the world it's above the world at the same time moving under a different energy. Such persons are causing the yadrichaya, right? the good, good, good fortune of others. Hmm? And um, as far and as wide as, as, as they can. Hmm? So, <clears throat> sixth canto then, Parikshit Maharaj, he hears about the punishment reward system and it can get pretty bad. Um, some of the things that people can do, the way they abuse their, their human life and so forth. And so a very kind of um, uh, p- powerful statement is there in the fifth canto to emphasize that there are consequences for actions. And uh, um, 
some actions are pretty bad. So there's pretty bad consequences. So the compassionate heart of Parikshit Maharaj surfaces after this uh, in the beginning of the sixth canto, and he asks his Gurudev how to remedy this so that people won't go to hell. Hmm. Basically, is what he wants to know. How can we save people from hell? This is the Vaishnav. He has no um, suffering for himself, but he suffers at the at the at the at the um, uh, at the suffering of others. Krishna says this in the Gita: the highest yogi is he who sees the suffering of others as if it is his own. So this is Purchit Mars expressing this. And people, a lot of people get caught up in that fifth cano, but they don't they don't get out of it. What the essential thread of the text, the entire text, is about. It's all about Ananya Bhakti, Shuddha Bhakti. It's not about, and it's it's about Braj Bhakti. It's not even about the Aishvarya of Bhagawan, which the world is part of. We're in the world, so it addresses it. But I mean, the point is um, to come out through Satyam Param, Dimahi, thinking about Him, hmm, so forth. So, um, not to be preoccupied with the necessarily the the, the uh, structure of the world. Maybe for preaching you want to do that. Prabhupada had an idea at one point. Um, of course, when asked when he asked Pujapad uh, Sridharmarj about building a planetarium, he said, yes, build it like Brihad Bhagavatamrita. The essence of the Bhagavatam, it shows this possibility of th- different theistic Possibility of different spiritual, religious and spiritual, experiential planes, realms, culminating in in Goloka, and and types of love culminating culminating in Gopi Bhav. Hmm. So that's what the book's about. So you need to kind of follow the, the thread. But you, you you come into the sixth canto, and here's the compassionate heart of Parikshit Marsh. So many people I know read the book. And they're just ready to just, you know, send people to hell. You know, that one's going to hell. That one's going to hell, and so forth. And Parikshit marched upon here, and his heart just just melted. How, how can I save them from this? Hmm. So Sukadev Goswami starts to reply, and he replies um, that well, bad karma can be overcome by good karma, and Parikshit Marsh is not satisfied with that. He says, well. You may do good, bad karma, bad get bad, do, do activities that accrue bad karma, and then by good karma I can cancel them out. But then I still just might do bad again, and just this back and forth. He gives an example of an elephant that bathes in the in the in the in the river. It gets out, it's all clean, and he rolls on sand. So he didn't think that was a very good solution to the problem. And then Sukadev Goswami, kind of testing his student to see what he's learned. He says, well, by jnana, hmm, then, rather than by karma, by, by knowledge, because karma is based on ignorance, the root of it is what? What's the root of karma, the suffering of the world? Anadi avidya, anadi avidya, beginningless ignorance. So, knowledge, not like light ignorance is better than dark ignorance, uh, good, bad karma, but knowledge hmm? um, he suggests so gyan by this you can overcome the problem and then Sukadev and Prichit Marsh isn't satisfied with that answer as well and he says yeah that's like if you had bamboo and you cut off all the shoots but the roots are well, still there why because we know the problem with karma we explained it another way to talk about it is that it's the path of karma the Dharma Marg is governed by what Which one? No. Rajas. It's about making better material betterment. Hmm? I went up the ladder, going to heaven, improving your life. This is Rajas. Hmm? So karma, Marg, is governed by Rajas. And Gyan is governed by what? Sattva. Sattva guna, which brings clarity, insight. Hmm? Um, an assessment, an accurate assessment as to the as to the nature of the predicament. Hmm? But neither, just as Rajagun is a binding force, so 
ultimately is sattva guna, however refined it is. So by sattva, which knowledge corresponds with, hmm, happiness corresponds with sattva also, up to the point of atmananda. That's pretty happy. Hmm. That's you can you can tap into the uh, the ananda of the atma, which is far. You know, I mean, we can't even compare it to any happiness of, derived from material acquisition or or uh, from material life in, in general. But it's very uh, uh, small uh, still on a, on a higher scale, and it can be experienced under the influence of sattva guna. This is taught in. In, in the Bhagavatam, Brit Bhagavatam, it makes the point very, very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've given the example, Sanatana Goswami says, yes, after a long argument that you cannot attain mukti without any bhakti, when the argument comes, well, you can become self-realized uh, without bhakti. He says, yeah, that's true, but but so what? Mm-hmm. So if you taste atmananda, but you don't get brahmananda, which is mukti, then it's just like you came in second place. So what? You almost made it, but you didn't. Hmm. It's this kind of response. It's a small thing, self-realization. Hmm. Brahmabhuta, to go beyond that. So, <coughs> rightfully, uh, Pritchard Marsh says, this is not a comprehensive solution. And then, agham dundvanti nihara eva bhaskara. Then Sugadev seems quite happy with the response of his student. Hmm? That's why I'm asking you some questions, right? So, uh, in very, with a very beautiful verse, he says, he says that kechid kevalaya bhaktya vasudeva he says that kechit kevalaya bhaktiya keval kaivalya kaivalya bhakti we put the two words together there I find them in one verse we talked about the meaning of the word kaivalya uh, a couple a couple of classes ago and how it you know, characteristically or often is thought to refer and, and does to to um, um, kind of an absolute oneness, aloneness, um, Brahmasayuja, but it has another application as it's used in the Bhagavatam and Keval Bhakti here. So exclusive, alone, only Bhakti. Hmm? Exclusive. Love is exclusive hmm? um, and inclusive, I guess, at the same time. But uh, that's another thing. So he says, Kechit Kevalaya Bhaktiya Vasudeva Parayana. So I think, uh, so unalloyed Keval Bhakti, Ahaituki Bhakti, hmm. um, the different terms, Uttam Bhakti hmm, for Krishna. Hmm. This, he says, it is like the um, sun that upon rising dissipates the fog. Hmm. I always think of the example of San Francisco where just about every afternoon in the summer the fog comes in hmm? and uh, it gets gets pretty cold uh, for a summer. Who was it that said the coldest summer I ever spent, winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco? I see. Well, that's a good... I think it was W.C. Fields. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, the fog comes in. Now, if you wanted to dissipate that fog, hmm, I mean, you could turn on a bunch of lights, you could start a huge fire, I mean, right? But you might burn the city down in, in the process. But when the sun comes up, this is, a, this is to, just to play out the example, of its own. So bhakti comes of its own. It's yadrichaya, right? It's uh, bhagya. It's not under the. It's not a. It's not something you did something. Now you deserve this. It comes. It's got its own life, its own time, hmm? and it rises like the sun. You can't make the sun rise any earlier. You can't let it set any 
make it set any end sooner. Hmm? It comes of its own, and it's super powerful to dispel the fog. You couldn't get a bigger fire than the sun, but it doesn't burn anything down hmm? at the same time, right? Hmm? Hmm? It just dissipates the fog of material existence, and 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 then as it rises in the heart of those who practice, it situates one in in. It doesn't burn anything down. Means it's not like gyan that burns everything down. <laughs> Get rid of the problem. Burn it down. Hmm. It it just provides a different and user-friendly environment. So as I was saying the other day, the robust sense of the atma that we find in Gaudiya Vaishnavism hmm, makes for a transcendence, a mukti, a prem that it enters into, that our present position in human life has some correspondence with. Hmm? It, it, it includes everything. It, 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 um, it, nothing, it's not getting rid of anything other than a misconception hmm? that there's something to get rid of. That's one way to, 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 to look at it. Hmm? What are we doing? We're trying to love. You don't have to get rid of that. Love Krishna. That's all. Hmm? And then there are different effects from loving Krishna that might be looked at as getting rid of something, but they're really just about loving Krishna and all the powerful positive effects that come from that. So it's all 100% uh, positive. The removal of the negative is, is really just a po- another way of, of talking about the positive effects. Um, so... Um, uh, then comes so, so this bhakti is a is a comprehensive solution hmm, kaval bhakti and then comes the story of Vajamil, which emphasizes within the context of bhakti that the bhagavatam is about nam hmm, the efficacy of nam as a, as a, as the principal anga of bhakti and we've heard been hearing about just how effective is nam that even even how graceful it is it's exalted living in the transcendent world residing there worshipped by 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 liberated souls it comes here in the form of syllables hmm? the person comes here in the form of syllables right and even those syllables are used not as a spiritual practice, but in passing, in jest, and so forth, they can burn up um, uh, lifetimes and lifetimes of, of, uh, of karma. Hmm. Incredible, right? Um, and so, among the angas or limbs of the body of bhakti, this Nam Kirtan is especially in Kali Yuga, right? Hmm? It's said that what that the, when the setting of the sun of the uh, passing of Krishna, then what is it verse? Bhagavatam is the sun that gives gets light. We get light from this Purana in Kali, in Kali Yuga, and so and this is its central. Um, Abhideya, the practice that it recommends, Nam Kirtan. So the section of Jamil's is very, uh, very powerful section. And so everything's fine. Uh, as I said, we, we, we found the, trans, the liberated nature of the name. We found that that's all. Well, that doesn't help us. It's way up there. We're down here. But no, it comes here. Hmm? Bhagavan comes here, Krishna, in the form of syllables. And even if you don't chant them, uh, systematically, with faith, with in, in pursuit of spiritual life, they have an extraordinary power. They have they have the power to give uh, to afford one mukti. Hmm? May 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 not do it every time, but has the power if it, if he so wants to, he, he can do. So uh, and 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 then then if we we learn if we chant with faith derived from Guru Parampara Sadhu Sangha. And and then we learn about the the the, 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 the method 
of Mahaprabhu's who is madness, Nam Sankirtan, the Dharma of the Nam, the, the Tattva of the name. And we, we having realized, wow, it's just a shadow of what has such extraordinary effects. Let me take advantage of the, the, the full name. And so we, we learned, oh, the shadow can remove lots of karma. It can predispose you towards the philosophy of bhakti. And then if you chant without uh, offense, and with faith, even your manifest karma can be uh, destroyed. And ultimately, Rupa Goswami, in his last verse, said, and the, and, and the name is merciful because the fruits that you can get are entering into a transcendental relationship with him. As in Das, Sakya, Vatsalya, Madhuri, and he gave certain names of, of Krishna corresponding with these different um, bhavas. Hmm? So everything's great, except we are chanting the name with faith, and those babas are not coming too quickly. Mm-hmm. So there's a problem somewhere. We have to sort out the problem. And of course, the catch-all, the problem is, by offending the name, oh, now you've... Yeah. That's you created the problem for yourself because now your karmic problems were sins of the of the flesh, but now this is a spiritual sin. You've gone against bhakti, against Bhagawan, and so you offended the name. So that that's it's more like indelible. I used to, when I was a kid, I was a, raised as a Catholic, and they used to talk about venial and mortal sins. So I had this vision of this like like a this glowing soul. You know, over the heart, and then the venial sins were like in pencil, you know, and then the mortal sins were like these big ink, you know, blots. You wanted to really avoid those; they were harder to erase. You had to say more Hail Marys and Our Fathers and so forth, and they were embarrassing to talk about too, even behind the screen, right? That was a confessional. So. Sins of the sins of a spiritual nature, because they're going against bhakti. Bhakti is spiritual. They're against the name. The name is liberated. So in our material, unliberated condition, the name comes to us. But given our ignorance, background, and so forth, we may even bite the hand that feeds us. So um, now, Rupa Goswami feels that has to be it. This has to be addressed. <coughs> Everything sounded good until now, but now there's a solution to that too. So he says, in verse six, he says, "What? Oh Harinam, you have two manifestations. Manifestations, Vacha, the supreme person denoted by the holy name, and Vachaka, the sound vibration itself. Between these two, we devotees understand that the latter." is more merciful than the former, since even an entity who has committed hosts of offenses in relation to the former becomes free from such offenses by serving the latter through his mouth. Such an entity thereby dives in an ocean of eternal joy. Hmm. So, Rupa Goswami says, there's the named Krishna, and then there's the name of Krishna. Now the Puranas tell us that these are one, and we've been hearing this already. Hmm. What does it say? Nama chintamani Krishna's Chaitanya Rasa Vigrap Purna Sudaniti Mukta Binatvam Namanamino. Binatvam. Binatvam Namanamino. The Nam and the Namino, the name and the named are Binatva. They're they're non different. Hmm? They're one. Hmm? So when you get that down, hmm, they're one, then you have to learn that there's a difference between them also. That's uh, uh Gaudi Vaishnavism for you. Hmm. So, what's the difference? He says that that the name is more mercifully disposed than the named. Hmm? So, if we offend the person, the form of Bhagawan, what to do? Hmm? Then, then in the form of his name, hmm, he will still stay with us even if we offend the form. 
and by chanting their name, then you can overcome the fence of the form. So let's take, for example, the typical idea of what's being discussed here is the fact that Bhagawan also comes to the world in, a, in form, right? The Archavigraha, the deity form. And so Archan is one Anga of Bhakti, so there's a way to worship the deity. And it's, it's quite uh, uh, detailed. And among other things, there are, 30, there are 32 offenses mentioned in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that you can commit to the deity. And then Rupa Goswami refers to, I believe, Agni Purana, where there's a whole bunch more. And maybe Jiva Goswami lists a whole bunch of them in his, um, his commentary. So there's all kinds of offenses that you could commit to this this very merciful form of Bhagavan who comes in constituted apparently of material elements but approached through ritual and through the the, the system of archan makes his presence felt uh, to the devotees in a very powerful powerful way so hmm, we have to be careful to avoid uh, those offenses and it's taught here that if we make the offense, how will we then um, relieve ourselves from the reaction? That will be by kirtan. Hmm? Um, so after doing the deity worship, then one can sit in the different forms of kirtan. Of course, nam kirtan will be most powerful, but other types of kirtan, also the Puranic kirtan, like hearing, reading the Bhagavad, citing verses. But to do nam kirtan, then you can uh, counteract any of the fences to the deity. Or the way in which our archon is prescribed, it's filled, you may have noticed, with the utterances of the name of Bhagwan. Hmm. So there's kind of a kirtan filtered into it. Um, but um, this is no excuse for being... Uh, lacks in, in, in deity worship and so forth. There are different standards and that, that, that's certainly the case. Prabhupada told me to get little Gornatai deities, wake them up, worship them, put them in a box and go out and do kirtan all day long and come back and go to sleep at night, morning, wake up, do the same thing. So it's not you have to have this many artiques or something. There are different systems, different ways uh, to honor the deity. They were just here, those deities, with Ananda Maya. She's serving them now. <clears throat> so, so is this not an excuse or, or, or a license to be lax in the, in the deity worship? And one should study those, at least those 32 offenses and, uh, and avoid them. Um, they deal with different things, dispositions, uh, bodily functions, um, uh, etiquette, um, and so forth. Don't turn your back to the deity. Don't don't um, praise yourself in front of the deity. Don't glorify other people in front of the deity. Hmm. Typically, <laughs> you know, it's said that that uh, uh, no one should worship, be worshipped in front of the deity. I asked Prabhupada about that once. We were walking in Vrindavan and I said, you know, Prabhupada, I don't know if I was citing from Bhakti Samrita Sindhu per se, although I, that, that's there. Maybe somewhere else he, he had mentioned it in his purport. That, that um, I think he even, uh, he said, uh, I, I don't know, he might have even said the spiritual master shouldn't be worshipped in front of the deity. Even I think he might have said that even. I'm not, I don't I might be wrong about that, but but anyway, I asked him, and you know we're doing it, and you and you're saying don't, you know. So, I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. I just wondered what he would say. Pusta Christian looked at me like, mm, "What's wrong with you?" He was Prabhupada's secretary at the time. Pusta Christian Marsh, <laughs> nothing wrong with me. I just I just wondered what he would say, you know. So Prabhupada said, "Ah, dilemma," and then he just kept on walking. You know? <laughs> And then I think it was the same walk. I asked him, "What is the meaning of Astakalya? You use this term 
in your uh, commentary on, uh, on Upadesha Amrita and so forth. I had some good questions at times. It just reminds me, I think it was on the same walk. Um, at any rate, um, uh, there are, this way, a number of offenses to deity. One should be aware of those and, and avoid those. But the power of the Nam is such that if you offend the form of the Lord, the name um, maybe st- still stay with you if you have some sense of remorse. We find that remorse in Mahaprabhu's second verse of Shikshastakam, hmm, right? Some healthy remorse, not not in a neurotic way. And so we continue to take shelter of the name. Um, a good example, perhaps outside of um, the offenses that can be committed in a Archon Marg that can be counteracted by Nam, by Kirtan, is uh, we've, been, we've been there before in this discussion, but to go again to the Brahma Vimohan Leela, because there we find Brahma coming and he is now being acquainted with the form of Krishna in which, in relation to whom or which, he can realize his ideal of fraternal love. Hmm? He's also seeing the form of the devotees who personify the coward boys, who personify that love. So he's becoming acquainted with it. But he offends them. He offends the form of Krishna. He offends Krishna, right? The commentators have talked about it in different ways, largely to partially kind of exonerate him. Hmm? Um, minor kind of a curiosity uh, but in his mind you have to recall as I've said before that at the dawn of creation he had the darshan of Krishna Vasudev Krishna dressed in Gopavesh as described in in very overtly in Gopaltapani Upanishad uh, in the Bhagavatam it's very in a very um, um, less overt way it's described. He's born from the lotus umbil- umbilical cord emanating from the navel of, of, of Narayan, Vishnu. Hmm? And so he's trying to find his source and he meditates and so forth and he, he sees Narayan and, and then he sees Krishna. Hmm? So it looks like Krishna's coming out of, out of Narayan and he's in the Gyan Mudra and instructing him wisely and so forth. But in the in the second canto, in the ninth chapter where this comes, there's another version of it that comes later in the third canto also. Hmm? Um, another Chatur, was it Chatur? Shloki section. I think it's in the, in the earlier one though. Um, there's it's a description of his feet, hmm? and the wise, learned commentators, the founding of charges, have determined that well, because of the way his feet are described, it had to be Krishna, who, who is Tribunga Lalitam, right? He's in a threefold bending form. It's uh, standing like that with his one foot crossed over the other, and so. Anyway, uh, so he's had a darshan of Krishna, but now uh, he's in Brahmavimohan Lili, he's having the darshan of Krishna kind of full-blown, fully immersed as he is in Sakyarasa. And so the the question comes in his mind, is this Krishna? And he's acting so differently. Instead of standing there with with the Gyan Mudra, he's holding cooked rice and, and and yogurt in his left hand hmm? which we talked about the other night is indicates that he can't let go of his devote how much he loves his devotees because the word um, what bhakta it also means cooked rice hmm? <laughs> and it means devotee so it, it, it's a fairly prominent part of the Story. He's he's holding the rice. He, he, go, he goes to get the cows, the calves that have wandered, and he takes the rice with him. And then he's standing before Brahma with the rice in his hand. And 
Oh, he's a very subtle teacher. Hmm. He's teaching Brahma. But Brahma's mind questions the form of Krishna. Hmm? Swayam Bhagavan. Is this an imposter? Of my the guru, I saw the dawn of creation. He's looking, acting. It's looking similar, but he's acting in, in, in a way that's unbecoming of a guru. Hmm? Must be a a fault in Bhava Bhakti or something. <laughs> Krishna's acting out of character uh, in terms of a, of a wise uh, uh, spiritual instructor. Hmm? Diksha Guru, Siksha Guru, so forth. And so the thought constitutes some, some, some offense. Hmm? And what happened to him? Well, uh, it's it's stated in the Bhagavatam, Deyam sada paribhavnam avishtadoham tirtaspadam shibhavarninchinutam sharanyam shibhavarninchinutam sharanyam that, um, this is the verse describing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam. It says, he comes to the world hmm, accompanied by Brahma and Shiva. Shiva Brinichi. Brinichi, Brinichi means Brahma. He comes with the Shiva. Shiva and Brahma. Hmm? So, who is the Shiva and who is the Brahma in Gorlila? Shiva means Advaita. Hmm? He's Sadashiva. He's, he's the Maha, Mahadev, and the Vishnu. Hmm? He both. Hmm? And who's the Brahma? Well, that's his disciple. Hmm? Here, Brahma becomes a disciple of of uh, Shiva and Gorleva. Brahma Haridas. Hmm? He named him Brahma Haridas. So Haridas was was a Muslim by birth, although in some of the Advaitin, not Advaitin, but Advaita Padibar literature, the hagiographies there, uh, of which there are several earlier ones and later ones and so forth. Um, in a number of them, the the prior to initiation life of Haridas is described, and they they he's born in the Muslim family, but he only drank milk. Hmm. Uh, he didn't didn't quite fit in entirely there with the uh, those who are outcasts. They're outside of the caste system of of, of Hinduism. They're in a different religion, right? Um, so uh, he, at any rate, gets the association of Advaita Charger, like many Vaishnavas in Gorlila did. He was the leading Vaishnav prior to the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance, and he, through Vaidhi Bhakti, called Mahaprabhu to the world by Archan. Archan, of course, has its place in Rag Bhakti. We kind of say. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Smarnam, and half of Archanam hmm? are the Angas for Rag Bhakti uh, as, as we uh, practice. Hmm? I mean, others are there too, but these are, the, these are emphasized. Hmm? But at, by that I mean that for Vaidhi Bhakti, Archan is a big, big thing. If you go to Madhvacharya's Math and Udipi, then they're worshipping the deity from four in the morning till noon. The, the puja is finally over, hmm. so quite an emphasis on on the deity worship, very opulent and um, so forth. Uh, so, um, so Advaita, um, he did archan, worshiping the shalagram with Tulsi and Ganga Jal, and he called Mahaprabhu. So it's more. His call was more through through Vaidhi Bhakti, and he got the Vaidhi Bhakti side of Mahaprabhu. There's two sides to Mahaprabhu. Yuga Avatar side means distribute the name, send people to Vaikuntha, teach the the Dharma. There's another side of Mahaprabhu, which which is uh, he's not. Now, Krishna has come in, in the role at the time of the Yuga Avatar, and so there's a special inner side to 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is Krishna pursuing the the the, the raga, the the attachment of uh, for him of Radha. So there's inner reasons, esoteric reasons. There's external reasons, and est- and and so they're combined together. Hmm? Distribution of the name. That's also the Yuga Dharma. But now he's combined the Yuga Dharma, wrapped it together, woven it together with Prem. Prem means with Rag Bhakti and garlanding the world with that. So my point is only that um, that if you look carefully at Chaitanya Charitamrita, we see that that Dwaita is heralded as bringing him, that he brought him in a certain way. Hmm? That's why also when Mahaprabhu went into his auntie Leela, which has absolutely nothing to do with the Yuga Dharma. This is totally everything to do with his inner esoteric pursuit. Hmm? He got the nod from Advaita. Okay, mm-hmm. your work as the Yuga Avatar is done. You can you can go now into what you actually came for, full, full on. Hmm? There was this conversation between Mahaprabhu and Advaita, who said, Advaita said there's no longer any need for rice in the market. You've done it. You've set the Yuga Dharma in motion. So nobody quite understood. And suddenly Mahaprabhu began to move away from public life by the force of how he conducted himself in public life by Nam Kirtan and outreach. He was very consumed in, in instances of converting even powerful other people from other traditions even, right? Hmm? And teaching Rup and Sanatana. This is the Madhya the center of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, which leads him naturally to the Anti Lila. So the way it backs off. But if we study the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it's just mentioned in passing, not heralded and emphasized in the same way. But while Advaita was calling Mahaprabhu through his puja, through Nam, Nam Smarnam, Haridas was calling him as well. Hmm. So Haridas is calling him for the Ragmarg side, hmm. 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 that uh, that he experienced as Brahma, right? So his 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 offense, Brahma's offense to the form of Krishna, caused him to take birth in this world. He's Brahma. Now he's taking birth as a Muslim in a poor Muslim family. That's a pretty big fall, hmm. but. His offense wasn't that bad either, because he's in a Muslim family just prior to the descent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the world, it would give the express train, you know, to to Ragmarg. And, and prior to that, he got initiated by um, Advaita Charya. So he's calling for Krishna through his Namsmaram to appear in the world. And he comes, so he's we say we could say he's connected with Namsmarnam. This is this is uh, Bhakti Thakur made a logo for his Godiamath and uh, divided into different sections. Some of them represented Vaidhi Bhakti, some of them rec- represented um, the two sides of Mahabharag Bhakti. So the Archan Marg, of course, is on the side of Vaidhi Bhakti, and then the, the Kirtan, the Murdanga, or the Brihat Murdanga. In this in his case, also the printing press is on the Ragmark side, so Kirtan. So the Nam Acharya, that's Haridas, right? He's the teacher by example of this Nam Kirtan. He chanted day and night, and so prior even to Mahaprabhu's appearance, he's chanting, praying for Krishna's appearance through a Ragmark um, anga, if you will, of of bhakti. And so, of course, um, Mahaprabhu came and and um, gave him such an exalted uh, position, the Namacharya. Hmm. And he was he was pointed to um, by Mahaprabhu again and again and again. And when he when he went to Puri, Mahaprabhu Haridas went also, and he took a, a place of residence at some distance from the temple. He was not allowed in the temple by the Hindus, but Mahaprabhu, who was the moving Jagannath, went every day to give his darshan to Haridas. Haridas didn't even have to move and get up and go to the temple. 
the deity came to him daily. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point in the Leela, um, Mahaprabhu came and Haridas was um, distressed. And Mahaprabhu asked, what, is, what are you distressed about? He said, I could not finish my rounds mm -hmm. because he was so old. Quite old. You have to understand that Adwaita was, I think, 50 before Mahaprabhu even appeared in the world. So Haridas would have been much older than Mahaprabhu. So he was getting older and older, and in his old age, he couldn't complete his vow of chanting, which was to chant 300,000 names a day, which took about 20, 22, 23 hours in a day. He had time to take a nap and a bite to eat and chant again, start again. It's an incredible example. I mean, it's just otherworldly entirely. Brahma took to heart. Hmm? I offended the form. I'm going to make up with that by taking the name. Hmm? And Mahabharata said to him, well, you're old now. That's all right. Hmm? Hmm? And then they conversed further and, and he made, made, had a request. Maharaj expressed a request. And I might leave this world looking at, looking at, into your, holding your feet, I think, lotus feet, looking into, on my chest, looking into your lotus face. Hmm? And that happened within a day or two. And what happened following that? To fall back on a, a point raised in one of the previous verses of Rupa Goswami's Namastakam, Mahaprabhu took the body of Haridas in his own hands and danced to Kirtan while Kirtan was performed by his devotees and took then the body of Haridas. This is the body of a Muslim, right? Mm. Who the Hindus thought was impure. Mm. The Hindus would not even allow him in the temple. But Mahaprabhu took him in his own hands, embraced him, carried his body to the to the to the to the, to the beach and with his own hands he dug the what would become the place where his body would be entombed, the samadhi of Haridas Thakur. And then he told all the devotees, worship this place. The implication is his parabdha karma was completely removed. His body, his sadhaka deha, was worshipable. He perfected his sadhaka deha, <coughs> Brahma Haridas, and he got his his ideal. What a beautiful uh, story. Hmm? It's incredible. And it beautifully illustrates this point, I believe, as well, that offend the form, still the name will um, uh, stay with you. And if you chant attentively and sincerely, then any such offense to the form will be overcome. Now we'll go next to the next problem. We've overcome how to our offense to the form of God, but what about our offense to the name itself? Oh, that's another thing. We'll have to hear about that in our next class. Shri Hari Nam Prabhu Ki Jai. Brahmari Das Ki Jai. Shri Shri Gaur Aramadava Ki Jai. Gaur Bhaktivinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandai.